Hi, this is Corey Turner. And along with my wife, Simone, we are the senior pastors of Numa Church. I wanted to thank you for listening to our podcast today. You're about to hear a message from one of our team that we pray builds your faith and empowers you to follow Jesus more closely. Enjoy the message. My name's Fred. Uh, how you doing? I'm 30. Uh, I am married. Sorry, ladies. Uh, I know you're all <laughs> devastated, uh, but I am married. I think, I don't know if we've got a photo of my wife. We might have a photo of me and my wife. If we don't, there she is. Look at that. Oh, man. You're like, I don't believe in a revival or a God of miracles. Look at my face with my silly Algerian beard attempt. <laughs> then look at that angel from heaven. She married me willingly. So God is good, babe, I love you. She's amazing, we've married eight years. Uh, she is the best thing in my life and my world. Pastor Corey said, I'm the exec pastor under my parents, but you didn't come to hear about me, you came to hear about Jesus. So, are you well tonight? Yeah. Okay. Right, let me just prep you. I enjoy having fun during preaching. I think church should be enjoyed, not endured. But here's the thing. Joy and humor are not an antithesis to the presence or the weight of glory. The joy of the Lord is your strength, not the seriousness. So we can have fun, read scripture for 20 minutes, then have a Holy Ghost blowout all at the same time. Pastor Corey said he wants the banquet. banquet. Let's have the banquet. Let's open our Bibles. It's quite important. Who has a Bible? Just quickly, let's see how spiritual Pastor Corey's church is. Who has a Bible Bible? Oh, okay, well done. Fire out. That didn't go the way I wanted it to go. <laughs> it's like 700 of you were like, I've got one. <laughs> we're going to read from Ephesians 5. It's going to be on the screen. It says this, Look carefully then how you walk, not as unwise, but as wise, making the best use of the time because the days are evil. Don't you love it when the Bible that was written many, many years ago applies to our current situation right now? Therefore, do not be foolish, but understand what the will of the Lord is. Who knows that when we exegete a text, we read a verse that says what the will of the Lord is. We need to really pull our eyes back and really look at what the next scripture says. What, okay, what is the will of the Lord? And do not get drunk with wine. Fair enough. For that is debauchery, but be filled with the Spirit. Do not be drunk with wine, but be filled with the Spirit. Do not get drunk with wine. Pastor Stacy. I'm just kidding. She doesn't have an alcohol problem. I don't think. I'm kidding. She started smoking. But be filled with the Spirit. I love it how it says debauchery too. That's such an old school world. It's debaucherous. It's like most of the youth. What does that mean? I don't even fully know, but I think it means it's bad. <laughs> Let's have a quick look at the context. I know it's Revival Night. Give me like three minutes to teach. If we look at the context of this passage... The, the, the letter is being written to the church in Ephesus. And they're an amazing church led by Timothy. And we see in Acts 19, Paul goes there and goes, have you been baptized in the Spirit? And they're like, well, we got baptized in water by John. And he's like, but no, but have you been baptized in fire? And they're a bit like, eh. It's like there's a lot of churches today. <laughs> have you been baptized in fire? <laughs> we're not against it, but we're not sure. I know it's not this church, right? You know, you guys are, what do you call them? I call it river rats. But um, let's not be a church that when we're asked if we've been filled with the Spirit, we go, eh. But we know. 
And so Paul lays hands on all these guys and a revival breaks out and Timothy takes it on and within a year or so, it's in the hundreds, the high hundreds, and it grows in a revival's birth. But Paul is writing this and he's being like, hey, what happened? What happened? Like you were, you were, you were gunning it, you were doing great. What happened? I believe we can infer from this text that if you are not being repeatedly filled with the Spirit, you will be filled with something else. Now, I know we're a well-behaved ACC church here and no one is getting drunk on wine. But you might be uh, getting filled uh, with uh, apathy. You might be getting filled with uh, uh, social media. You might be getting filled with websites you shouldn't be looking at. You might be getting filled with depression and anxiety. And so what Paul is saying here is he's, he's, he's petitioning, hey, you need the Holy Spirit. You need him in your life, in your world. Over the years, people have come up to me and been like, I don't need the Holy Spirit to go to heaven. I'm like, no, you need it to try and bring heaven to earth. <laughs> it's like, you know, and maybe have some joy, Karen, like relax. You need to be filled. When was your last encounter? Now, keep in mind, I understand where I'm preaching. I, I do understand that I am at Numa Church. I, I know that. I know that you're a place of the river and you get prophets from America and your senior pastor is the buffest, most accurate prophet ever. And, and, and he's so good at preaching. I find myself, after he does our conference, I start preaching like him. You know, I'm at our church the next week and I'm like, God would say, da, 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 I don't care if it looks good, I care if it works. You know, I start doing the, you know. <laughs> So he's amazing. But just because you're at Numa Church doesn't make you spirit-filled. Just because it's in the house doesn't mean it's in you. Just because you go to Maccas doesn't mean you're a whopper. You've actually got to yield to the Spirit, submit to the leadership, rock up to church, be open-handed, be open-hearted, and that way what's in the house will get in you. I don't want to just come to church. I want to become the church. I'm still sounding a little bit like you because I'm on your stage. Just rebuke me if I start emphasizing my T's. Humility. That's what it does. We would all, whether you know it or not, subscribe to a theological predisposition which is called Trinitarianism monotheism, which is a fancy Bible college word of saying the great three in one. We believe in the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Well done. So what's interesting is across charismatic church, whether it's INC, ACC, whatever it is, we would all subscribe to that in theory. But actually, what a lot of us believe in and welcome is the Father. I want my dad in heaven. The Son, I needed a Savior. I needed a Savior. And the Holy, eh. is, is, he, is he like the weird cousin? Like, I want, I want Daddy, God, you know, like he's a good, good Father. You know, I want that. I need a Savior because I'm a mess. The other guy says, oh, you know, I can't control him and he makes my hand go and I don't know. <laughs> Isn't it funny? Check this out. This blows me away. Isn't it funny that the person Jesus told us to wait for as the church okay. is often the first person we kick out of the church? Yeah. Jesus said, it's better that I go. That statement is... Isn't it ridiculous? If Jesus said to me, Fred, it's better I go, I'd be like, no, it isn't. <laughs> no, Fred, I need to go. No, don't go. 
Let's do a tour of Mesopotamia. Let's walk on water. Let's raise some more people. You're really lifting my profile, Lord, please. <laughs> but Jesus said, hey, guys, it's better that I, the son of the most high God, God with skin on, leaves, go to an upper room, and I'm sending you someone. I'm sending you the helper. Yet across churches across the Western world, we've kicked him out. I know you haven't. As a church, corporately, but you might have, as a person, you cannot live on someone else's oil. You have some of the best, your worship, the way they go from like the tag to the tag and you're like, how did that happen? Jesus is here. It's ridiculous. Our guys are really good, but yeah, anyway, I'll be quiet. You, you have amazing preaching series. You get the best speakers in the world. It doesn't matter if you're not open. It doesn't matter. You need to be open, but be filled with the Spirit. Sometimes to find out what something is, we have to look at what it's not. I've got six things, five things, that I think the Holy Ghost is not. This is not necessarily Bible. This is Fred. Uh, the Bible's better, but I'm also awesome. Number one, it is not a license to do what you want. Now, I don't know if this happens in Melbourne, but at the Sunshine Coast of Australia, there is an epidemic of young adults that believe the Holy Ghost is a reason to not go to church, not wear shoes, <laughs> not be submitted to anyone, and watch Bethel once a month online. So that's not what the Holy Ghost does because if you have the Holy Spirit, you will be Spirit-led. You won't just chase the gifts of the Spirit, you'll have the fruits of the Spirit. And the fruits of the Spirit lead us to be attentive. I know it's a revival service and we'll get there, but actually revival is sustained integrity. Revival is sustained character. Revival is sustained attendance. Revival is a sustained coming to the house, loving your family. Number two, it's not six hour meetings with flags and essential oils. Now, this one might get me in trouble because your pastor texted me last week and said, we've just gone for seven hours. I'm being facetious in the point, but what I'm trying to get at is the supernatural does not have to be super spooky. Actually, the Holy Spirit moving genuinely is one of the most authentic, relevant things on the face of the earth. But I remember one time I had a friend called Derek. Someone say Derek. Derek. Are you okay tonight? Yeah. Good. And so I asked Derek, we were, in, we were playing soccer and I was probably 11, 12 years old. Much better than Zach. Like, I was incredible. I'm not, but look at me, I wasn't. And I thought, mum got me this book about the Apostle Paul, the evangelist book. I thought, I'm going to invite Derek to church. So on the way to church, we pick him up, and dad goes, oh, it's a Holy Ghost service. In the late 90s. I was like, God in heaven, no. So we get there at Cheam Fellowship Church in London. And we go in, and I'm like, oh, gosh, oh, gosh, oh, gosh, please. The music starts playing. I'm like, okay, this is all right. You know, there's a bit of some of the older ladies have their tambourine. And these are the days of your servant Moses declaring the word of the Lord. Behold, he. Anyway, so they're doing that, but Derek was all right with it. Then the flag started happening, and I was like, I was, I'd never spoken tongue so much. I'm like, Lord, you know how Elijah prayed for his servant's eyes to be open? I was praying for Derek's eyes to be closed. I was like, Lord, don't let him see it. And then in the middle of worship, we hear it. 
Derek is like, what is happening? I'm like, shut up, Derek, just focus on the Lord, it's fine. He's like, what is that? I'm like, it's a shofar. He's like, what? I'm like, shut up. And, and so, and then like three of the older ladies come up and tap the, 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 the person, the elder on the shoulder, I've got a word. You know, and they're getting up and I'm not making a mockery. I'm just telling you how an 11 year old thinks. And they're up there and they're like, I see the color blue and the color blue represents peace in Jerusalem. And they love prophesying about Jerusalem. And Derek is there like, what is going on? And then they start, the anointing oil comes out. No issue with anointing oil. What am I trying to say? The supernatural doesn't have to be super spooky. Excellence and the Holy Spirit are not at odds. They can hang out together. So it doesn't have to be weird. If we could put, there it is. Uh, it's not a reason to not submit to your pastors. Do you know I have this, they haven't paid me to say this, I have this crazy thought that God puts us under pastors and then the pastors lead us on behalf of God. Now, I know, I know, I know, I know, I know. I can hear God for myself. I'm gonna create, do better church. I won't be abused or overworked, homie. You work at a cafe two days a week and you intern for two hours a week. Let's get, you know what I'm not saying, but let's, submission will take, young person, I'm talking to you, submission will take you further than ambition ever will. Let's look at David, let's look at Elijah, let's look at Gelahazi, let's look at people in the Bible who submitted and God elevated them. Is this a revival message? It is, because we want you here in 30 years. We want you on fire. We don't want you just to get dunked. We want you to be immersed. All right, it's not a reason not to be madly in love with a local church. This might be a Sunshine Coast thing as well, but it's like, I just don't know if the, the modern church is how we should do it. I'm like, Tiffany, have you read any textbooks? Have you studied anything? Like, what are you basing this on? Oh, is it because that guy doesn't like you and you just don't want to be in the house? Now, I'm being facetious and I'm having fun, but you hear my point. Let's not super spiritualize our dysfunction. Let's bring it to the cross. Let's bring it to the altar. Let's be found in the house. Last one, it's not needed for entry to heaven. Baptism in the Spirit isn't needed for entry to heaven. Belief in Jesus Christ and confessing it with your mouth and believing it in your heart. I always stuff that up. I'm always like, and believe with your mouth and confess with your heart. But I got it right, so I don't even know why I told you that. It's needed for entry to heaven. He is for your trip to Coles. He is for when you're driving with your spouse in the city. He is for... <laughs> he is for day-to-day -day living. On a more serious note, he is for when the anxiety feels like it's coming and pressing in. He is for when the depression's overwhelming. He is when you just desperately want to click those three links to get to the porn site, but you actually have the ability to speak in tongues, bring the Holy Spirit and change what was going to be something into something else. There's a reason. He have, I want to tell you a story about Coles. Do you guys have Coles here? There is a, yeah. You are very good to preach to, but you are also naughty and I love it. I was in Mango Hill Coles in the second year of COVID. So 2021 for us. <laughs> but, <laughs> and, 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 and I'm stressed about telling testimonies because Pastor Corey's always saying, you know, preachers always using testimonies from 10 years ago. It's because they got no fresh bread. Well, this is two years ago, so we'll roll with it. But it's a good one. So I was in Mango Hill Coles. Zach, are you here? I'd just come from playing futsal. I'd played very well. I left back. I scored a free kick from halfway. I was very excited with myself. Because uh, as you can tell, I'm very athletic. And so, so I went to Coles 
And because once again, let's go back to the text. We need to be, but be filled with the Spirit. And so you can actually be filled with the Spirit. You don't have to be on the floor in the Numa altar praying in tongues. You can actually be filled with the Spirit when you're shopping, when you're playing futsal, when they're mopping, when you're, I can't think of other mundane things that we do, but doing stuff. So anyway, I walk in, I'm in my futsal shorts and, and I'm walking along and it, 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 it's, it, when you, words are fun, when, when you are in mundane life, it can be easy to switch off to the things of the Spirit. Because miracles often happen in the mundane. This is a revival message because we don't just want you pumped here. We want you pumped out there. In fact, we prefer you to be pumped out there. And so I was in Coles and I was in my shorts and I was sweating and my hair was everywhere and, and it just wasn't very anointed. And I went to the deli to get some, uh, pros, uh, not Prosecco, I don't drink, prosciutto. <laughs> I was getting some prosciutto. Pastor Corey, am I doing all right? And so I got some, I'm never getting invited back, so I've just got to go with it. And so I was making some pasta and I looked over, uh, I got my prosciutto and I looked over and there was a Samoan lady and the Lord said to me, pray for her. And I said, what? And he said, pray for that lady. Now, you've got to remember, it's in the middle or towards the end of our yeah, COVID. And so there was masks and things and just the most unanointed moment, you know? I wish in Coles I could go, you want me to pray for her now? Jesse Rose, I need you to bring a keyboard to Coles Mango Hill. <laughs> Coles Mango Hill, go up to the owner. Can we just dim the lights just for like five minutes? <laughs> but that doesn't happen because that's not real life. So I walked over and this isn't like, oh, when he was like a youth leader, like executive pastor, travels around the globe usually. Went up to this lady and I was like, she was so big, so tall. I was like, hello. <laughs> And she goes, what? And I thought, I hadn't thought of anything to say yet. So I said, hi. And, and God says, pray for her. And I said, I'm, this is what I said. I said, I'm a Christian, can I pray for you? She goes, I guess. I thought, oh, I better pray for her. And I'm just being really candid with you because sometimes I think as pastors we can be legends when really we're not. And, and so I, I, I had no faith at all. So, so I said, do you want to close your eyes? She said, no. I said, I, said, can I, I said, can I put my hand on your shoulder? She said, no. I thought, rapture me right now. In her defense, a, a sweaty chubby guy was like, close your eyes, can I touch your shoulder? You know, it's weird. So, I then start praying and I'm praying and I'm waiting for God to say something poignant. So I'm just doing the whole, you know, thank you, Lord, that you love her. You know, I owe you one. I couldn't touch her. So I was like, thank you, Lord, that you love her. Bless her. That's what I think I was saying. Probably what I was doing was... <laughs> then God says this. I'm not a prophet like Pastor Corey. I get little drips. <laughs> I'm working on it. God said, her youngest son is addicted to hard drugs and I want you to tell her that I haven't forgotten him and his story is not yet over. Yeah, no, it's great. You didn't have to tell her it. <clears throat> so I fully whipped out. I go, God just wants me to tell you that he loves your family. <laughs> he goes, it's not what I said. I said, God's really got his eyes on your offspring. He said, it's not what I said. I thought, well, I've just, I'm too far in now. <laughs> kind of like this sermon. And so I said, look, I'm going to be honest with you. I just feel like God's letting me know that, that, that your son is doing stuff he shouldn't and addicted to substances. And he just sent me over here to just let you know that his story's not yet over and he hasn't forgotten about him. And then I did a Pentecostal peak. <laughs> it's a thing. 
and she is like 30 centimetres from my face. And I was like, this is it, I'm going home. <laughs> she, no preacher's licence. Maybe a keyboardist could join me, that'd be awesome. No preacher's licence. She grabs my hand, puts it on her head. By this point, about, only about five or six, but about five or six mums are just kind of watching. So it's like, Karen, you've got 20 carrots in there. I know what you're doing. She said, pray for me, young man. So I start praying for her. I said, thank you, Lord, you love it. She starts crying, I start crying. So it's the weirdest thing. Miracles happen in the mundane. <laughs> thank you, Lord. <laughs> she tells me that that morning, she'd been a Christian for 20 years, but she hadn't been to church in a decade. She stopped going to church the moment her youngest son, Benjamin, started taking hard drugs and she'd fallen away from the Lord. That morning, her husband, who's a man of God, said, honey, we need to pray together. And in that prayer time, she said to the Lord, Lord, if you're real, check this out. Lord, if you are real, this is what she said, send me something so obnoxiously obvious <laughs> that you love Benjamin and that his story is not yet over. You can give Jesus a clap of praise if you want because he's good and he loves us and he's for us. And you just need a little bit. You don't need to be like Pastor Corey, man. You just, you just need a little bit, just mustard seed, baby. Just mustard seed. I don't have much, silver and gold have I none, but such as I do have. You don't need much. You just need a little bit. There's a movie called We Bought a Zoo. It's very good. It's got Matt Damon in it. And his son wants to ask out a girl. And in that, he says, Dad, I'm so scared. What do I do? And his dad says, you just need five seconds of unassailable courage and watch what could happen. That's a word right there for some of us. Watch what could happen, friend, as you just go, I don't know what's going to happen, but I'm going to step out. I don't know what's going to happen, but I'm going to give that word. I don't know what's going to happen, but I'm going to pray for Dad. I don't know what's going to happen, but I'm going to believe again. I don't know what's going to happen, but I'm going to quit that addiction. Something could happen. I need to skip some of my message because I need to pray for people. Like what Bill Johnson says, when he's serving bread, eat. But when he's serving wine, would have been cool, drink. <laughs> drink. Your history gives you a confidence in your encounter of revival. We underuse the weapon that is testimony. You need to go back and listen to some words you've received. You need to go back and think about that time at youth camp in the middle of Majimba or, or at Timbuktu or Bendigo or wherever it was. What did God do? What did He say? And why were you susceptible to fall down and yield to the Spirit when you were 20, but now that you're 40, you don't? We need to be open to the things of the Spirit. I want to tell you just really quickly a couple of things about my testimony, if I could, because we overcome by the blood of the Lamb and the word of our testimony. Our testimony is powerful. The first time I saw God move in power was in England. I, uh, I was four years old. I'd been adopted for one year. Before that, I was an awesome, I was awesome, but I was also an orphan. I was an awesome orphan uh, in the foster care system in London. And, and my dad now uh, and my mum, Robin Heather, they adopted me. And so I'd been with them 12 months and dad was at church at Cheam Fellowship and he was doing the communion. And back then you had a little glass of wine and you had the bread. And he was very British back then. He was like, thank you, Lord, for the elements. Your body broken for us. <laughs> And one of the elders, Dave Prothock, ran up to him. And, and this wasn't common in our church, but I don't know what came over Dave, but ran up and hit Dad in the stomach and said, rivers of living water, Robert. And he went, oh, and fell down. I was in the crowd. I was like, I'm an orphan again. 
this is terrible. I was like, Mum, what's going on? Mum's a farmer's girl from Perth. She went, your father's receiving from heaven, son. I said, is he all right? She said, focus on the Lord. These are the days of Elisha. But I remember being intrigued and entranced by what had happened. When I was 11, I went to Brighton. Dad preached at a church. Brighton is a couple of hours up from London in England. And I went to the kids program and there was this old Scottish lady that was running. There was about 20 of us kids. And she did a program and at the end of it, she said, does anyone here want to experience the power of God? I thought, not particularly. She said, if you do, would you come? So I thought, oh, well, might as well. Slow night. So I walked up the front, thought, I won't look at her. So I looked at her. And she starts moving along this line. She's like, peace like a river. Thank you, Lord. She gets to me. I'm like, what is going to happen? I remember, I'll never forget it. She'd definitely be with the Lord now, but it was a marker in my life. She said, lift your hands to heaven from the top of your head to the bottom of your toes peace like a river and I just opened my eyes I was on the floor didn't know what happened couldn't explain it but I knew it was God mum came and picked me up how was kids church said it was good I was assaulted by a Scottish lady (laughs) 2006 I was at Hillsong Conference at the youth stream and Phil Dooley was preaching and Reinhard Bonnke, amazing evangelist, he's going to be with the Lord now. He, he walked in just to suss out what was going on. There was about a thousand of us young people there. And as you do, when Reinhardt walks in, Pastor Phil said, do you want to minister? Or do, gave him the mic. He gave an altar call. Only about 50 young people came forward. And I found myself again on another altar I didn't want to be on. An altar, I wasn't living right. I was addicted to porn. I was doing all this stuff. I was still like a pastor's kid. So I was kind of, you know, like helping in, in, you know, like set up in the chairs, but I wasn't into it. And Reinhardt starts moving along, praying for people. And I think, I get more and more nervous. I'm like, what am I doing? Why am I here? He gets to me. I thought, don't look. So I looked. He hadn't prophesied over anyone else. He just laid him out. He looked at me with these piercing blue eyes. And he said, young man, you can outmaneuver people, but you cannot outmaneuver God. And he laid his. I got wobby gonged. I got absolutely Acts 2 drunk in the spirit. I flew back, slid across that, that warehouse in, in Sydney, and literally was just weeping. But who knows? Untended encounter doesn't change anything. So I didn't live right. But in 2009, God put the full stop on my old life. Pastor Tim Hall, who's coming next week, who is ridiculous. He was preaching and I was my final wrestle with God. I was in year 12 and he was preaching on Leviticus or World War II or something. You know. And he looks up the back and I'm wearing a Birdie Beetle t-shirt and he goes, Brother Beetle. I thought, Brother Beetle, would you come? I start walking out. Once again, I find myself on an altar I didn't really want to go on. It's like, you know that verse, surely goodness and mercy will follow you all the days of your life. That'd be nice. I felt like fire followed me all the days of my life. It's very, it's amazing, but it's hard when you're trying to sin. He calls me up the front. Says, are you married? I said, no. I said, lift your hands to heaven. I thought, oh, not this again. Because this is the thing, I was resistant. But the fire of God cuts through that. 
And he said, young man, young man, you'll have a fire shut up in your bones. It's going to annoy you. It's going to frustrate you. I see Asia opening up to you. You're going to be a preacher. In the name of Jesus, fill him with it. I mean, one, the anointing hit me like a truck. Two, he spits so much. So it was like fire and water at the same time. You know, I got in the fire and the river at the same time. And you'll experience it next week. It's very powerful. But God chased me down, man. God chased me down and was like, hey, I'm real. My power is real. My anointing is real. Now, you might not have been prayed for by Reinhard Bunky or Tim Hall, but can I tell you, you've got the Holy Ghost. You don't need a preacher. You don't need a pastor. You don't need a prophet. If you get a word, praise Jesus. If you don't, praise Jesus. Because you still got it. You still got to dig your own well. We can preach fire, but we can't give you your own. You got to get that yourself. All right, I'm almost done. You still with me? Just really quickly, just 60 seconds, because some people find this really tough. I get messages all the time. I'm Pastor Corey Wood as well. And it's, they're not angry, but they're like, is this biblical? Is this, I've been taught it with, you know, even Dave, I haven't checked if I can tell this story. Can I tell the story? Thanks, Dave. He, he came to our church and it's good I didn't know. I didn't know what his background really was or anything. We had a spirit without measure and I called him forward and I basically kicked him in the chest. I didn't, I hit him in the chest and he went down like a ton of bricks. I was like, thank you, Lord, he can't move. He told me afterwards, he's like, I've never, what was that? I've never. See, some people, they just need to be exposed. But if you don't have the ability to explain that it's biblical, you're not going to be very powerful. (laughs) See, we need Pentecostal passion, but we also need to have an apologetic stand. We need to actually have an ability to, you know, the Bible. It's very important. Is it biblical? Thank you for that meandering clap. I appreciate it. Is it biblical? A couple of points, if we could put them up, team, that are just fun to read together just to reinforce the biblical stance on, on, on heaven meeting earth, on God meeting souls. Check this out, this is fun. In 2 Chronicles, the priests dedicated the temple and they couldn't stand because of the glory of God. One translation says it was so dense they could not move. Daniel says, when the Lord spoke to me, my body fell to the ground. Pastor Thomas's body fell to the ground. I thought I was gonna have to do CPR. I was like, he is, he, and he didn't go. You know how sometimes we go, but we're like, oh, I don't want people to see my navel, or we go and we're like, oh, he, he was just like, huh. <laughs> he just went, it was supernatural. John in the Isle of Patmos says, I was in the spirit on the Lord's day. In Acts 10, Peter, before he witnessed to Cornelius, goes to the roof, goes into a prophetic trance, sees heaven open. This is my favorite one. John 18, a cohort, which theologians say between 300 to 600 soldiers who hated Jesus, went into a garden to arrest him and murder him. And even with that posture, Talk about a lack of faith in an environment. When Jesus revealed his preeminence and who he was, every translation you will find will show that there was a physical response to the presence in that garden. Let's not make fear and wanting to be in control a doctrinal issue. It's not. It's not. I get it. We, when people join our church, we're not like, if you don't get this, you're an idiot. I know you guys don't do that either. We're like, hey, God's actually a gentleman. God loves you, but give up control. Yield to Him. He wants to do something. I've got to finish up. I'm running out of time, but I just wanted to give you a couple of testimonies, if I could, before we finish. Why don't we, team, why don't we play the video? Because I was at a church on the Gold Coast two weeks ago. 
in my, it's a fresh testimony. So it'll get the stamp. But I, I don't know, yeah, if you wanna put that video up, maybe dim the lights, I don't know. But this is a young man who'd come to this uh, church event for the first time ever, and he had a fractured ankle. Uh, and yeah, just check it out, this is cool. <laughs> like it works. But I'm here with my boy, t t how do I say it? Takaya. Is your first time at youth tonight? Yes. All right, tell, tell my phone what happened. Okay. So, quickly, you got like 50 no, seconds. You're not gonna, it's not gonna believe, be believable. I got out of bed, my ankle was so sore, I literally could not walk on it. I came tonight, it was just first painful time. all night. First time at youth, and he prayed for me. <laughs> And I'm trying to force pain out, like at all. I'm not joking. I was doubting this stuff forever. And it worked. That's it good. actually worked. God is good. He loves you, bro. And he didn't Thanks. just he, <laughs> he didn't just heal your ankle so your ankle will be better. He heals you because he loves you. No. <laughs> so he like walked around the the yeah, you can clap that if you want. He he walked around King's Church for 15 minutes just doing this. Nah. And then my wife, praise God for wife, she goes, have you led him to the Lord yet? I was like. Do you want to accept Jesus? He's like, yes, what? Yes. So led him to the Lord. If we could just go through the photos team in whatever order, I just want to stir your faith. Then we're going to stand. Then we're going to lay hands on everyone that wants prayer. It's going to be awesome. So this guy, he's awesome. I don't know what happened to my shirt. I was attacked by a leopard. But... I was in Toowoomba and ministering at Highlands Church and this young man was standing, we did the altar call, he stood on the side. And at the end of it, he came up to me and he was not smiling like that. He was like, hey, you said Jesus heals, right? I said, yeah. He goes, hmm, does he heal anything? I was like, yes. Because I'm not like the healing evangelist. I'm like the guy that prays for your headache after you've had two Nurofen and a liter of water and an hour later, I'm like, oh, praise God, it's better. Wow. This is what he goes. He goes, I'm a farmer's son. My dad's a chronic alcoholic. And two weeks ago, he shot me. I said, excuse me? He said, I got into a punch up with him. I was protecting mum. And he shot me as I was running away with a 22 ripped through my shoulder. And he showed me a shoulder. Had a bullet wound there. And all these tendons were gone. He was a rep basketball player for the Toowoomba Tigers. He was doing really well. Tall guys, you can see. And the doctor said, oh, you're not going to play basketball anymore. He said, well, you said God can heal anything and he wants the best for us. So can you pray for me? I thought, all right. Let's put my hand on his shoulder. We start praying. I'm going, please do something. That's often my position, by the way. I'm never, I'm not very confident in myself, but gosh, does he not just come through? So we start praying. And has anyone had popping candy? Oh, good, three of us. And his shoulder starts clicking and popping. And he looks at me and goes, what is that? And I went, I don't know. <laughs> He starts moving around, check this out. He goes, oh yeah, starts shooting hoops. I call the youth pastor the next week. He goes to the doctor. The doctor freaks out. Where there was no tendons, there was tendons again. Oh. Why don't you do it? You're not just filled for you, you're filled for them. And I can tell you, if you can use a slightly chubby orphan from London who's not that smart, he can use you. He can use you. Next one, we're almost done, next one. Oh, this is awesome. So I was at, once again, I don't know what's happening with my shirt, but I was at a youth event in Noosa. God, please send me to plant a church in Noosa. That place is beautiful. I was at a summer camp and I was on the stage and I felt God say something. And once again, I'm not as prophetic as, well, no one is really as Pastor Corey, but it doesn't come naturally, but sometimes he speaks. I felt God in the middle of my sermon say, a kid here has had a parent commit suicide on Monday. Now, you've got to be very careful 
with minors, actually just with anyone with that sort of word. So I thought I'll talk to the pastor afterwards, the whole sermon, the Holy Ghost is like, give it, give it, give it. I was like, stop it, I'm trying to preach. So towards the end of the sermon, before the keys had gotten up, I just sort of, just sort of came out of me. I just said, hey, I wanna be careful with this, but God's telling me someone here, you lost a parent on Monday to suicide. And this beautiful girl runs up the front and just kneels at the altar and starts wailing. I, I had no idea what to do. That's not in the Bible college book. So I put the mic down and I just got down on the floor with her and started speaking in tongues. It says, when you don't know what to pray, I'll utter things under heaven for you. So I just started praying in tongues. This young man comes up, puts his hand on her back. I look at him, he says, I'm her big brother. And she found our mum Monday morning, overdosed in bed, passed away. And it was because of a bunch of youth leaders that she's here. So we prayed and we ministered. About two years later, I heard that she was overseeing all the Girl Connect groups for the youth ministry. See, this is why we need to be full. It's not about us. It's not about a preacher or a gig or a team. It's that God wants to talk to His kids, not just the ones that are in the house, especially the ones that aren't. So you owe it to Richmond. You owe it to Melbourne to be full. You owe it to your world. You owe it to your family. You owe it to your kids. You owe it to Him to be full. All right, a couple more and then we'll wrap up. I don't know what the next one is. Just, just throw something up. So this was at, at, Anna loves this photo. She says, I look like Larry the Cucumber, which I think is very rude. And I know you all disagree with her. So I was in Mackay. Now, can I be vulnerable with you for a second? Because I don't, thank you, I appreciate that. Because I don't feel like a guest, I feel like a weird kind of cousin. You know what I mean? Is that right? And, and so, so me and my wife haven't been able to have kids yet. And, and, and there's been some medical things and we're eight years in and God's going to move. And, I mean, Pastor, Pastor Corey's prophesied it's always going to happen, but, but that can be tough, right? But we do not make our theology from what didn't happen. We make it from the Word of God. And so when a couple came up to me in Mackay and said, we're barren, we've been barren for seven years. We've spent $55,000 on IVF. And my wife's actually about to go back to a law firm because we can't do this anymore. Who knows? My faith wasn't out of 10 because I was like, how can I lead you out of a ditch I'm not in? But actually, sometimes our miracle is wrapped up in someone else's. Our revival is wrapped up in someone else's. Our faith maybe is wrapped up in someone else's. So I said, hubby, put your hand on it. Tell me, I'll put my hand on your hand. And we prayed. I went back last year and they came up to me. One week later, they fell pregnant. And this little girl, name is Jaya, which means song of victory. Won't he do it? Won't he do it? I said to God the other day, I said, hey God, because you're allowed to have a conversation with God. I said, hey God, how come I feel like you use me as a vessel to bring what I don't yet have? You know, it's good to have those conversations with God. You know what he said to me? I've never told anyone this. I've never told anyone this. I haven't even told Anna, not because I just felt like it was for me, but I feel to say this now. God said, I want to see if you can practice what you preach. I want to see, because friend, it still hurts. I want to be a dad, and I will be. But I felt him say, can you bring revival when you feel like you're not? Can you calm the storm when you feel like you're in one? Richmond doesn't need a bunch of Christians that are fat and happy when God's moving and they're at revival conference. They need Christians that rent the heavens when things are tough. They need Christians that speak in tongues when everything seems lost. They need believers that are fired up and ready to go. Why don't we stand all across the house?
Thank you for joining us for this message today. We don't assume that every person listening has a personal relationship with Jesus Christ. And so today, we invite you to begin following Jesus as your Lord and Savior. The Bible teaches that every one of us has been created for a relationship with God. Sin has separated us from that relationship, but God loved us so much that He gave us His one and only Son, Jesus Christ. Jesus lived, died, and rose again, conquering sin, Satan, and death itself. If we believe in our hearts that God has raised Jesus from the dead and we confess with our mouth that Jesus is Lord, we will be saved. So if you are ready to pray in faith, turning away from your sin and believing in Jesus for your salvation, please pray this prayer. Dear Jesus, I believe that you are the Son of God and I ask you to forgive me and cleanse my heart from all of my sins. I receive by faith the free gift of eternal life, and I ask that you would fill me with the Holy Spirit. I thank you that I am born again as a child of God and that you have made me a new creation in Christ Jesus. In Jesus' name I pray, amen. If you have prayed that prayer for the first time, we would love to know and help connect you to a local church in your area. You can contact us on our website, numa.church. Thank you for listening.